got some life's being changed tonight. Some folks to celebrate. We know you all are here. Support them. We love it. Let's welcome the Holy Spirit.
anticipating this moment. So we just pray that if you're here, you would join us in singing out to him.
Amen. Why don't you turn to somebody and welcome them this evening? Just welcome to the service tonight. Good to see each of you here this evening. Once you've shaken hands with a couple of people, go ahead and find a seat. Take, go ahead and take your seat. Well, a warm welcome to each of you here tonight as we have our baptismal service uh, tonight, part of our Holy Week celebration, and so it's exciting to have you here with us and exciting to celebrate with those that are being baptized here tonight. And uh, looking forward to that towards the end of our service as well. I'm going to have our ashes if they would go ahead and come. We're going to go ahead and take the offering here tonight. If you this, this evening have, have come and prepared and ready to give, we want to give you the opportunity to do so. Many folk on Wednesday night are able to come and they're able to uh, give, and we want to give you the opportunity to do that tonight. All right, so would you bow your heads with me as we take a moment in prayer? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together this very special night. As these folk are going to be baptized here tonight, taking the step of obedience in response to what has happened on the inside in their lives when they surrendered their life to you and invited you in as their Lord and Savior. And so, Father, it's a great celebration evening tonight, but also, Lord, we can celebrate you by giving. Lord, we become more and more like you as we open up our hearts as we give. You are God that gave. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And we celebrate that this Easter season again. So, Father, we pray your blessing over the offering. Bless each one as they give tonight. And we give you praise for it. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. I should just go ahead and pass the offering baskets. And while they're doing that, let me just take a moment uh, to remind you of a couple of announcements. Uh, or things that are going to be happening, and then we'll, we'll have Pastor Mark come up. He's going to share with us this evening for a few minutes, and then we'll have the, the baptismal take place as well. Uh, just a couple of things. Of, obviously, this is Easter week, and there are a lot of things happening this weekend. I want to remind you about Friday. We have our Good Friday service at 1 o'clock at all our campuses at Stevens Point and Appleton. They're going to be celebrating at 1 o'clock as well, so we'll be gathering at 1 o'clock here. It'll be a very reflective service, and we invite you to come. Invite someone else to come with you. We'll be sharing communion together. It'll be a great time together on Friday. Then Saturday is the Easter egg hunt at all our campuses from 1 to 3. Lots and lots of Easter eggs, and it's going to be a great time for the kids. I know they will enjoy it. And from what we hear, the, hopefully the rain is continuing to move away so we won't get wet. But that'll be a great thing as well. And then, of course, on Sunday as we gather together to celebrate Easter on Sunday with the services here, 9 and 10.30 as we gather together to just enjoy that as well. I want to remind you too, we're having our class, Living Under the Influence, next weekend, Friday and Saturday. If you haven't had a chance to register for that, go to our website and register and be a part of that class, Living Under the Influence, the class on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you put your hands together as Pastor Mark comes. Am I on? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Celebration Church. Good to have you with us tonight. This is during our Holy Week celebration. Uh, we had our Palm S a Sunday service last Sunday. Tonight we are doing a baptismal service, which we're very excited about. What do we got, 40 plus people being baptized? That's a, that's a lot of people, so we're excited about that. Uh, both here 
and, uh, and at our campuses over in Appleton and Stevens Point. Hi to you guys. Tonight, we're excited about that. Uh, Friday, our Good Friday service at 1 o'clock. Don't want you to miss it. It's a very reflective service, just remembering what Jesus did on the cross in his suffering. Uh, got some fun things over the weekend, and of course, Sunday morning, Easter. Woohoo! This is the big win uh, in our faith. So tonight, uh, we're doing the baptismal service, and I want to talk to you just a little bit about baptism before we move on. Now, what is baptism all about? Well, first of all, as Christians, we understand that putting our faith in Christ, that he takes our sin. He takes the rap for us, all right? He becomes the sacrifice, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. We read this uh, on our Wednesday night Bible study, Colossians chapter 2, verse 14. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. In other words, we are so up to our eyeballs in debt, there's no way we get out in terms of our sin before God. There are people, and lots of people, a lot of well-meaning people who just don't know the truth of the Bible, actually don't consider it this huge debt that they cannot pay. They think of it's like a scale, and that if I'm just a little bit better than I am bad, that's all it's gonna take. You know, if I help little ladies across the street, and, and don't shoot my neighbor's dog when he poops in my yard, or whatever the deal is, that I'm a good guy, and therefore, and of course, then we all know people are a lot worse than us, right? <laughs> they give us great comfort in life. <laughs> I may be bad, but I'm not as bad as, you know, Joe. So, uh, and we think, oh, that makes me something. Well, no, there's not this thing like this. It's like this. You're doomed. There's not a chance in the world you have a legal debt before God. You cannot pay, and it must be paid. Somebody has to pay it, just like the mortgage on your house. Somebody has to pay it. Now, the bank doesn't care who pays it. They could care less, right, as long as it's paid. Well, same here. This debt has to be paid, a debt that we could not pay, and God himself, in looking at our situation, totally hopeless and announcing us condemned because of our sin, then announces, but I will pay it. I will pay for it. That's what Jesus did. He comes and he takes, picks up our bill. <laughs> Praise be to God. <laughs> All right. He has taken it away, says the rest of the verse, nailing it to the cross. So your sins, your failures, all your mistakes, all the blech that you have done is nailed to the cross as far as God is concerned. All right? That's how we deal with our sins. That's how we deal with our failures, our hurts, our regrets, our anger, our bitterness. How are we supposed to deal with all that stuff? It's supposed to be nailed to the cross. Now, there's a lot of people that I would argue the key for people, of course, in our 21st century thinking and stuff, that the key to overcoming your past and the wounds and hurts of your past is to go to counseling and talk your way to healing. And let me say this on the outset. I am not opposed to counseling in any way, shape, or form. If that's what you need to get you to where we need to get you, then by all means, go get all the counseling that you can handle. All right? Uh, man, if me dancing like a ballerina in a tutu up here would set you free, I guarantee you I'd dance. I get him just dance away. <laughs> Do whatever I can. I don't care whatever it takes to get you to where you need to be. But I will tell you the truth. And the truth of God's word says we don't talk our way out of our 
past. We don't try and reconcile our past. We don't try to reason with our past. We don't try to heal our past. We kill our past. God kills it. He takes it. He nails it to the cross. And that's it. All right? So God kills it. He nails it. And then he buries it. And that's uh, what we read in Colossians, the second chapter, verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism. And that's really the analogy in baptism. In baptism, when we put somebody in the water, what you're doing as a person who said, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ in my life, when you're stuck in that water, you are identifying with the death and burial of Jesus Christ. When we pull you back up, if we pull you back up, <laughs> that's you coming out. Now you're identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now the Bible says we walk in newness of life. So having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And that's where we get to the Christian conclusion in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone who does this, anyone who identifies with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, anyone who's in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. That's what God does with all your mistakes, all your hurts, all your owies, emotional or physical, whatever it might be. All the mistakes you made, the things you said that you wish you hadn't said, things that you did that you wish you hadn't done, is now nailed to the cross and buried forever and washed away. But we have to get that into our heads. That's why Paul wrote to the Romans in 6th chapter, verse 11, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. That word count, translated consider, uh, King James, I think they say reckon. Y'all need to reckon. <laughs> Y'all need to reckon yourself dead. You need to view yourself as having died, your old life died, and moving on. Now, I want you to just picture this with me for a minute, especially all you that are being baptized, but all of us. Picture this for a minute. Imagine yourself finally being laid to rest. At some point, everybody goes. We all go. It's just a matter of when, and you want to be ready because you never know when your number is up. Imagine yourself now being laid to rest, and now your spirit starts rising from this world. And now you're moving toward the light of eternity, and it's stunning, and it's exciting, and it's new, but yet at the same time strangely familiar. Because it is the same light that is in you right now. It's the light of Christ that's in you. You can't see it, but someday you will see it. And it'll be amazing, but yet very familiar. And as you're doing that, do you think you're going to be thinking about your mortgage payment? You're going to be worried about what the doctor said about your health. Apparently you're dead, so that's that ship has sailed. Are you going to worry about what your mother-in-law said to you last week? No. no! Are you going to be worried about what happened to you years ago when somebody said something you that shouldn't have said or done something you that shouldn't have done? No. You're not going to be thinking about any of that stuff. When you're dead, praise the Lord. Free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty I'm free at last. And we are free from all of this mess, and now we are on our way into glory. You're not going to be thinking about any of that stuff. Well, Paul says, consider yourself dead now. You need to think that way right now. Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you have what? Died. 
You're all a bunch of dead people. Hallelujah. A little creepy talking about all this. But that's what baptism is about. Our old life has died. And now we are new in Christ. You have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God right now. Now this next, this concept messes with people and it's hard to really comprehend. But in a real sense, you are now with Christ right now, even though you're still here. Paul writes about it in Ephesians, the second chapter. We'll be reading that uh, chapter or book soon in our Wednesday night Bible studies. And it says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. Oh, wait, wait, wait. He must have made a mistake. I mean, he's, we're going to be seated with him after we die. No, that's not what he says. We're seated with him right now. Well, I don't feel seated with him. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you feel. The reality is that is what's happening. In a very real sense, we live in this very bizarre situation where we are now alive to God. The old life is dead, but now we still deal in this world. We give our life to God, and then you got to let him nail your broken past to the cross, kill it, and then take it and bury it, and then move on free from it. Somebody say amen. Now, for some reason, a lot of people really struggle with it. Some, some, some people, some of y'all are like ghosts. Ghosts, you know what a ghost is, right? Someone who hasn't been able to transition on, which is a bunch of nonsense, by the way. There's no such thing as ghosts. They're demons, but your aunt, aunt Sarah is not still stuck in your basement somewhere. All right? And Uncle Ralph is not in the garage because he hasn't moved on yet. That, that doesn't happen. I don't care whatever psycho tells you. That, that doesn't happen. There's demons that messes with people's heads. That happens all the time. But there are no ghosts. But for the sake of the analogy, let's pretend there are. It's pretend time. We're going to pretend you're a ghost. So what's the deal with a ghost? A ghost is someone who's died but hasn't moved on. And boy, if that didn't describe a whole lot of Christians... They have been crucified with Christ, Paul says. We've been buried in baptism. We come out of the life, but it's like they haven't moved on. And they're floating around the world still. I have bills I can't pay. That's right. Somebody said something mean to me. When did it happen? 25 years ago. My cousin called me a poopy head. I can't recover. I'm telling you, there's people, and then they got to go to counseling to stop from being a ghost. And if that's what you need, God bless you. And if I had money, I'd pay for it, but I'm not going to send on so many bills. If that's what you, I'm serious. If that's what you need, God bless you. I'm not saying in the critical way. I'm just saying, if you can't get past this, the reality is you need to consider yourself, I am dead, and when I am dead, I don't have that stuff anymore. Pastor, you don't know what I did. It doesn't matter. It is now gone. But you don't understand. Oh, they come to me and talk. Did horrible things. I know, but now you've given it to Christ. Yeah, but it was so bad. I've been married 47 times. God must hate me. It's like Ebenezer Scrooge, man. They're, they're not... No, Scrooge. Who was the guy before him? Jacob Marley. 
the ghost of Jacob Marley is in a lot of Christians. Even though they've been set free, they're just, oh, and their job is to suffer through all of life, carrying the chains. Oh, let's praise the Lord. Okay. That's why a lot of you don't raise your hands when we sing, because you're hanging on chains. As you're hanging on to them, man. Yeah. See, when you're dead, you go, woo! It's like being, you know, on a roller coaster. What do you do when you're on a roller coaster? Woo! <laughs> I'm free! Woo! But not when, oh, I can't worship the Lord. I kick someone's dog and I am piece of nothing. Stop! That's what I think when I see y'all. I'm playing the organ. I'm watching 80% of your stand like They're all hanging on chains. You're supposed to be worshiping, see? Somebody say amen. You say, well, how do you get there? You reckon yourself dead. You realize I am free when I am free. And look, here's the crazy thing. In all fairness, this life that we live is really odd. Somebody say amen. amen. Because we are dead and seated spiritually with Christ, but at the same time, we're still stuck in this sinful body. And this thing is always yelling at us. And this is the thing that keeps wanting to be fearful, and the thing that keeps reminding you, and tries to pull you back and get you to respond in bad ways you know you shouldn't do. Well, stop. So what do I do? The Bible says you need to be spiritually minded. The key to living this life, we're going to be celebrating your faith burying you in the water, bringing you up in life. But make no mistake, this corpse you are carrying is still going to be with you. And someone ticks you off, you're going to want to punch him in the face. If that's what you used to do, you're going to want to still do it. Well, how do you overcome that? By spiritually changing the way you think. Because Paul already says, the, the, the sinful mind is death, but the spiritual mind is life and peace. It's what you put in your head that determines how you're going to live this out. And if you will get your head in the right place, you'll be able to celebrate in freedom. Say, but I'm still stuck here. I know it stinks, right? But it is what it is. My flesh, the Bible tells us our flesh doesn't want to please God. It doesn't. As sweet as all they are, every single one of you are in a body that doesn't want to be here. Your body doesn't want to worship God. You'd rather hang on to the chains. Your body don't want to read the Bible. That's why you don't read the Bible. Your body don't, want to, body don't want to come to church every Sunday. That's why a lot of you don't come to church every Sunday. Your body certainly don't want to come to Bible study every Wednesday. That's why a whole bunch of you don't go to I, I can do the math. All right, you got 2,000 people Sunday morning, a couple of hundred Wednesday night. Hmm. Why don't they do it? I can yell at you all day long. So I can do any good because you haven't learned to get over this. I don't feel like it, Pastor. I don't feel like it. Uh, I know because this is still here. And this will fight you. And the Bible says we need to learn how to overcome this by being spiritually minded, getting our head in the right place. And at some point, you've got to just tell your body to shut up, right? I tell you, the culture in which we live, people are obsessed by how they feel. Everything is feeling and feeling and feeling. Kids, they don't want to do stuff. Why? I don't feel like it. Pick up your underwear. I don't feel like it. Nobody feels like picking up their underwear. I don't feel like picking up your underwear. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> but somebody's got to pick up the underwear, right? 
You gotta do this, you gotta realize I need to do the right things. Now, here's the deal. You're still going to struggle because we're still stuck in this. Say, Pastor, I get it before, but what happens now after I've been back? Now I make mistakes. You need to go back to the cemetery and just bury that thing. That's why we confess our sins, we commit it to God, he now takes your sins, goes back, nails it on the cross, and we bury it. Because some of you young people are getting baptized tonight. This is all, you know, I mean, how bad has been your life? Some of your biggest transitions is transgressions that you didn't pick up your underwear. <laughs> well, as you grow in your life, you're going to find life is hard, and some of you are going to make, we all make mistakes. Oh, no, God hates me. No, God doesn't hate you. Why? Because you're seated with God in Christ. What happens if I make a mistake? You confess it to him, and he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And you go back and nail that sucker. But don't let regret seep into you and hold you down. Say, well, I did is horrible. I don't know what you did, but whatever. I'm sure. All of it's horrible. That's why Jesus died. You feeling bad about it doesn't do anything. I mean, I think some people, you know, some of y'all still got a real Catholic thing going in you. Right? I know, God bless the Catholics. But their whole thing is penance. You got to do penance. Because apparently God can't totally forgive you. You got to work off some of it yourself. No, he takes all of it. But some of you can't shake that. Because, oh, it's still me. And if I feel bad and I, and I go around feeling bad, then, then that'll earn God's forgiveness. No, stop. He takes it. He nails it. It is done. On that cross on Friday, we'll read the words where he yells. He cries out, it is finished. Say, how is that even possible? That's what we celebrate. That's why we celebrate. That's why we get together. We don't come here to celebrate to look at me, although I can understand. Yeah. <laughs> we celebrate because it's this incredible thing that we have. This wonderful, glorious good news that our sins are forever taken care of because of what he did on that cross. Now we need to reckon ourselves dead and now live victorious lives. Even though we're still stuck in this, it'll pull you down. It'll make you feel things you don't want to feel you shouldn't feel. It'll make you say things you don't want to say. You'll mess up. I promise y'all, we all mess up. But thank God for forgiveness. Amen? All right? Hallelujah. Okay, I'm done rattling. All right. What's next? (laughs) Who is doing the baptizing? I guess we're going to break away from all the campuses. All right? God bless y'all. Have a great baptismal. And... Who's in charge around here? Who runs this thing? <laughs> here comes Pastor Lathan. Give me a hand. Bye, guys. All right. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Those that are being baptized, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and get up and just go to that side of the building there. You can line up against the wall. In a few minutes, we'll start uh, the baptismal uh, service. The band are going to be playing and leading us in some singing as we... As the folk are being baptized, you can sing along with, the, with the, the music as well. Obviously, celebrate as these folk are being baptized. As they come up out of the water, you know, clap and uh, celebrate with them uh, this evening as well. So as we get ready, Pastor Joe and Pastor Bob are going to be in the water, and uh, we are ready to begin. So let's, let's, let's begin with the baptism. Let's give them a hand as we get ready to do so.
from the ash I am born again Forever safe in the Savior's hands You are more than my words can say I follow you, Lord, for all my days Fix my eyes, follow in your ways Forever free in the end of praise Because you are, you are, you are my freedom We lift you higher
with a love that flows so deep, wash over me, wash over me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. 
conquered the grave And worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave And worthy is the Lamb who was slain
That was wonderful. Why don't you go ahead and stand with us? Wasn't it exciting to see those folks go through baptism? Let's give them one more big round of applause. Amen. And most of all, just an applause to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords for the fact that He's changed their hearts and that they've responded in obedience here tonight by being baptized. So thank you for being here tonight. We're going to close with a word of prayer. But hang around. Get a chance to talk to somebody, meet somebody. Folk, as they get uh, changed and they back into dry clothes, you may, want to give, may not want to give them a hug if they're still wet, but if they're dry and they come back into the lobby, congratulate them. Just, just bless them. It's just a wonderful thing as part of the family of God to see folk respond like this and say, God, what's happened on the inside? I'm now demonstrating it and making this statement of faith to all that are around about me. Bow your heads with me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, God, for your presence that is here. We thank you, God, that as we've celebrated with these people that have been baptized, God, we pray a blessing upon their lives. May they experience you in a new way. And for all of us, Lord, during this last, this, these last few days as we move towards Sunday and celebrating Easter, Father, may the resurrected Jesus reveal himself anew and afresh in each one of our hearts and our lives. And we pray it in the precious and the lovely name of Jesus. And we all said... Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Friday, 1 o'clock.